Praise the Lord. That's awesome, isn't it? Thank the Lord for His mercy to us. Wow. Wasn't that a service we had here Sunday? Amen. <clears throat> wonder if we could have another one like that this Sunday. You won't be having a pastor or associate preachers or organ players or piano players. I just want to say how much I appreciate everybody, absolutely everybody that, that made it possible. You realize by looking at something like that, it's not one person. The preacher himself, I'd been dead, you know that. I think somebody counted, said it's 400 at least that came through, about 100 an hour. So there's no way I could have done it without the help of the brothers that come to help us, the deacons and the musicians, the singers. I just thought it was wonderful. I just want to say how much I appreciate everybody putting forth the effort. Not only that, but there's after four hours of praying for people, there was hundreds and hundreds of people that were still here, still just singing, rejoicing, worshiping in the Lord. And it's, it's awesome. It's just wonderful. So glad, so blessed to hear um, the testimonies that Brother Louie had already shared. I got already different ones as well, and I believe there's going to be plenty more. So we're not too surprised whenever the Lord visits us in such a supernatural way. That old devil's going to stick his head up, ain't he? But I'm warning him, we're good shots. Yeah, we're good shots. I'm reminded of an old boy that lived down not too far from where Harry and I was born and raised. And uh, down in, he lived across the Tennessee line there. <clears throat> and he was called to go to war, World War II. But he didn't really want to kill nobody. He just didn't want to be a part of it. And he just really, really struggled and struggled. And um, many of you know his name. And he had a real difficult time. Finally, he accepted the call and uh, did what he felt like that he should do. Um, and he was quite a shot, quite a shot. But he actually didn't learn his markmanship by sitting on a bench, hand-loading his ammo and doing this and that. But he learned it from shooting squirrels, rabbits. You know him as Sergeant York. Um, I passed by his place there not long ago where that they had bought him that property and donated it to him. It's a park of a thing there now, not too far from where, where we're from. But sometimes your experience, as you're doing at home, you think, ah, what's that do? It makes you quite an enemy for the devil. That's right. So no matter whether you're men, women, preachers, deacons, whatever you are, each of us have a very important part in the economy of God. And nobody, absolutely nobody, can take your place. Isn't that wonderful? Luke chapter 11, verse 9. I want to speak to you tonight on we don't want no snakes. We don't want no snakes. Now, I know that is a very deep theological subject. Are y'all okay with that? I think, I think you'll be okay with it. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, 
and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I want you to notice the way that Jesus said this, he that asketh ongoing, not ask one time, but ask, you just keep knocking, just keep knocking, I'm on your hands Jesus. He that seeketh ongoing, findeth, and to him that knocketh, not well, I knocked 47 years ago. I mean, my goodness, ain't that enough? No, nope. you got to keep knocking every day. And the way we are now, we used to live day by day. Not anymore. We live second by second, just about it, don't we? <clears throat> so what do we do? We continue to knock. And this is his promise. It shall be opened. Now, I want you to listen to this carefully in verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone. If a son will ask bread of any of you who is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now this is not as far-fetched as what it might seen in our Western civilization. Listen to this carefully now in verse 11. If any, <coughs> excuse me, son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Now their bread was totally different than our bread. You go to the grocery store and you buy yours in a pre-sliced loaf and whatever it is, but they would make their bread and they still do in middle of the Middle Eastern countries and a lot of it's very hard on the outside. That's for the way they like it, but it's also for preservation. But some of them, the loaves aren't any bigger than this. And they don't look like bunny bread or they don't look like rainbow bread. But actually, it looks like a stone. So it would be something like this. Now you think in your mind a flat rock from Tennessee. No, get in your mind a rock that's rolled down the Nolichucky for the last 175 years. And then you'll see this that almost looks like a loaf of bread. Now this might be harder to discern. So you ask Father for a loaf of bread. And you have to watch the enemy. Because the enemy will try to present you a stone that looks like it. But now Jesus has given us an insight to what a true father will not do. Now listen carefully. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Now if you know very much about snakes and fish, you know that there are many species that can look so much alike that people fishing with a rod and reel have caught snakes before. So they really have to watch what they're catching, eels and different ones, and they actually look like uh, fish and snakes together. And then notice he says, for if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? So some fish can look like snakes 
and some scorpions that are white, especially those that have a white belly, a short body, and a stubby tail, can look like an egg. So I wonder if the Lord Jesus wasn't trying to convey more to us than what we've read about for so many years. So when we ask for something, we have to be so careful that we don't get in our mind of what we think it's going to look like. Now, notice this in verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Amen. Amen. Let it be remembered tonight. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're just still rejoicing, Lord, of the impact of the service here on Sunday and just already hearing the testimonies that we've heard and we believe there'll be more. And we want to say right up front, Lord, that all praise, all credit, all glory, everything goes to you. We are unprofitable, unworthy servants, as it were. Every one of us, no matter how much strength, stamina, vigor, ability that we would give, Lord, there's none of us that could do anything of any eternal value without your help. We want you to know we are grateful. I pray, Father, that you take your word and speak to us tonight. Anoint us, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. And the saint said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We don't want no snakes. We don't want no stones. We don't want no scorpions. If we ask for bread, we expect bread. If we ask for a fish, we don't want a snake. If we ask for an egg, we do not expect a scorpion. You know, faith is such a wonderful, wonderful thing that God has given to his people. I find faith to be one of the greatest subjects that we could ever study. Brother Biscoe and I was on uh, a trip to China several years ago and he and I was talking on the plane, and it was quite a long flight, so we had a long time to talk. And he was talking about faith and how great faith is, and yet how simple faith is. And how that sometimes we try so hard to have faith and just can't seem to get it. And then there's other times that it just seems like it drops right in your heart. And you didn't really expect it. You didn't try that hard. And there it was. And I found myself uh, in my own life, in my own walk with God, as well as fellowshipping with other saints around the world, that for many of us, it's exactly the same way. And faith is a phenomenal thing. Uh, I hope you understand that one day, we will no longer need faith. Actually, 
when you are asking God for something in this life, and God crowns that request with fulfillment, you no longer need faith for what you've prayed for. Because you have the answer to faith, the manifestation of it. Now, if we really understood faith right, we would know that if we were hungry here tonight, and uh, our brother here would come up to me and say this one over here, and this sister and Sister Deanna Glenn, and they'd say, Brother Donnie, I am so hungry. Would you please help me? And I would go back to my office, and I would get my wallet, and I'd say, well, what, how, what, what do you want? How much do you need? You want a hamburger? You want a chicken sandwich? What is it? How, how much will it be? And I would reach inside of there and pull out that money and give it to this my brother and my brother and my sister. Now, if they really understand the purchasing power, they could be just as happy with that $5 bill or $10 bill, or if I gave them my credit card, they could be just as happy with that as it would be if they drove through Chick-fil-A and got their request. Because they knew they had the purchasing power. So all they gotta do, get in their vehicle, go down to the stoplight, and make the left or the right, whichever they wanna go, and be able to purchase what they need to sustain their body and give it strength. They could say, praise God, I am no longer gonna be hungry. Praise God, my needs are met. But they may be several miles from their favorite restaurant. There may be several obstacles between them and there. One of the biggest ones, pulling out of this parking lot without getting run over. Amen. And then going down to the traffic light, not getting run over. And, but all of that, but they would be able to have an assurance and their stomach may be growling louder and louder. But in reality, that would make no sense, no difference to them at all because they have the purchase power. So why should they be sad? Why should they feel despondent or all upset? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can or not. If they understand the purchasing power, they can rejoice as if they've already got their drive-through meal in hand. Amen. It can be a happy meal before you ever get the happy meal. Now, if you can understand that, that's the way faith is in a promise of God. Now, because of us having such a prayer line and having so many, many requests and needs, the Lord redirected my, my thought for tonight in this way, and I, I contemplated about it, and I thought, well, sir, you know what? As usual, you're exactly right. I, I probably should go this way. Uh, 
So this is why that I'm going this way tonight, that some people, when they come through a prayer line uh, such as we have, they come with some sort of expectation and anticipation. And they're not just uh, expecting God to move for this or that or the other, but sometimes they come with uh, an expectation of how they think God will move. And sometimes I've seen them over the years come to a prayer line and you pray for them and maybe they're expecting a my just a charge like a bolt of lightning that's going to come down and hit them on the top of the head and nearly part their hair and go out the end of their toes and they're going to just feel like they're electrified and sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. Now, you know already that preachers don't control that. We don't have the ability. I can't tell you who that's going to hit and who it won't hit. I can't tell you when it's going to hit me and when it'll hit the other brothers that was there. There's no way for us to know that. God does that himself. But I've seen many times that people will come with the expectation of how that they're going to feel and how they'll respond. And sometimes I'll watch them as they go through the prayer line and you can see this disappointed look on their face because it didn't come the way they thought it would. And, and they walk off of there, oh no, oh no, you know, and they're just so let down and they're so disappointed because they had in their mind it was going to come this way or that way. But yet you have asked him for a piece of bread. Don't accept a rock. You have asked him for an egg, then don't accept a substitute from the devil telling you you didn't get it. Well, you prayed for for healing of your body, of this and that and the other, and we've already heard of several. They got several things taken care of their body. I've got several already that Brother Louie didn't even know about and didn't read. And we realize that faith is given to us, the measure of faith is allotted to us by the grace of God. Some people have a portion of faith which is miracle-producing faith. Um, it's just given to them. They just have that. It's, it's given by God. They can't ask for it, really. They cannot barter it. They cannot be able to do anything with it other than use it when God drops it. And yet other people have faith that is more like a mustard seed. Now the prophet said that mustard seed will produce great results. But mustard seed with its own size, within its own power, many times will not produce an instantaneous miracle. But mustard seed will grow, he said. So it grows from the size of a mustard seed, and he said it will grow from that to the size of a marble. Then it grows from a marble up to the size of an orange, we'd say. And then it grows from there to the size of a grapefruit. Now over that length of time, it might cover several weeks or several months, and the person who has that type of face, if they're not careful, they will become so discouraged and instead of receiving the bread they will receive the hardness of a stone and they will get an attitude against God and they if they're not careful they will resent people turning in a testimony that got something quicker than they did are you hearing me tonight 
and they almost resent it because God didn't heal them or heal their child or their husband or their wife or whatever more. But remember the same God that heard their prayer and heals them is the same God that heard your prayer. Now, just because a person has miracle producing faith does not always mean they will get a miracle when they pray. Because we're always dealing with the will of God about the situation. You remember the man and woman who had the baby that died in Germany. And they contacted Brother Branham and the, uh, the military was actually going to fly him over there. But yet Brother Branham, you know, he honored their faith of course, but he must have the will of God about this situation. So he prays and he prays and they're calling several times day and the night and they're holding the baby and all the baby is dead and it's lifeless. So finally the Lord speaks to Brother Branham and says, don't rebuke that, this is of me. Now, this sister later after, you know, this happened, then she asked Brother Branham, Brother Branham did not uh, have enough faith. Was not my faith strong enough, as we'd say? Was it not great enough? And he said, sister, you had great faith because when God said no, you still believed him. Now you see, she had miracle producing faith. Listen, she had miracle producing faith. And this is why God had to stop Brother Branham stateside. Her faith through that prophet would have raised that baby from the dead but it was not the will of God. Now, did God look down through there in time and see maybe that little baby would grow up? Remember Brother Ram talking about his own little daughter? Heard him say it the other day, and it broke his heart, and he was devastated by it. But some years later, he come to the understanding, and many times this is the way it is, when God will take a loved one out of our life, and it wrecks our world, as it did him. And he said that it may be that she would have grown up, and she would have got away from the Lord, and the Lord took her. Well, what if that would happen to some of your loved ones or your children or whatever more? And God saw that, that if they went on in time, this or that or the other would happen to them and God took them whenever they were at the right time. And God always knows best. So this sister now had miracle producing faith, not a mustard seed, because it would have never raised that baby from the dead. But she had a miracle producing faith that could have produced a spontaneous resurrection of her baby. That's how strong the woman's faith was. So God had to stop the prophet on state side. But yet other people, they don't have that type of faith but they have mustard seed faith. I mean, if you've seen mustard seeds and you know how small that it is, but yet mustard seed, and I'm not downing that at all because mustard seed faith is a great faith. And much of divine healing comes on mustard seed faith. And many times people think, well, I was prayed for and I didn't feel anything. I want somebody, you've got the liberty right now, to stand to your feet and give me one scripture where the Lord Jesus ever said, did you feel it? He never said it one time, but he said, did you believe it? Amen. 
So that feeling has absolutely nothing to do with it, although we all love to feel it, don't we? Sure we do. But yet God, you know, in dealing with faith, that it's strange how God will try children, but he loves to do it this way. Listen to this. The prophet said, see how God does testing? God permits you sometimes to get a little worse after you're prayed for just to test you. So God will allow you to get a little bit worse sometimes after you have been prayed for. What's the reason? So he can test you. Now he said, oh my, the testings and trials of faith, he that endureth, there it is, hold on, take God at his word, believe every word of it. No matter what anything else says or does, believe it anyhow, no matter what the circumstances look like, believe God anyhow. So that's the important thing, of course, coming to our prayer line for those that did not get an instantaneous miracle. God may have chosen you to follow the pattern of the life of Abraham. Now, Abraham had a great faith with God, but Abraham's faith was going to go out on a time-tested line of endurance and perseverance. Now, did Abraham have that great miraculous faith? Yep. It's very apparent that he did because God did great miracles along the way. But apparently God can only allow that miraculous faith to be released in intervals. No doubt there's people here tonight and people around the message because this message has produced such faith that if God did not control that element of faith from being released to where the message of the hour has so built us up in our souls, every one of us would be gone in the morning. You have to understand, we do not control this face, but God allows the face according to the measure that we need to come out. Friends, one of these days you're going to look and realize this message that God has sent has been returning our hearts and restoring our faith to the original apostolic faith in such a momentum that if God did not hold us back and God turned loose this revelation and it struck our souls, we would none of us be here by six o'clock in the morning. We would be gone. So God, can you imagine the heavens having to hold back the revelation? We're saying we're barely, barely struggling and we're barely hanging on. You ain't hanging on. God's trying to hold you back because there's things still waiting prophetically before the bride can ever leave this world. Oh, one of these days you're going to realize it's not something that's going to come from out yonder. It's not even something that's going to come down from heaven. It's something that God will simply allow to release to its fullness what you already believe about him and yourself tonight. Oh, praise the Lord. But God is the one that controls that. We do not control it ourselves. Now watch, he said, I've seen people come to the platform totally blind and come and after being prayed for and be healed and read the Bible and walk down there praising God and meet them in six months and be just as blind as they was in the first place. Now, isn't that amazing how that once God gives to you the measure of faith, and God may allow a certain measure of faith to you, and that measure of faith will be with you pretty much every day of your life. It will be the measure that is necessary, say, to live in Laodicea. And then God will increase that measure whenever you're in deep trials and you really need a miracle because sometimes that everyday faith that we walk by, it just won't do it. And God will release a 
burst. How many has ever experienced that something, that it was something inside of you, you didn't know where it even come from? And you say, my Lord, where did that even come from? Well, God released and coupled up together a little bit more to join in with your faith, which was his. So he joined his faith with yours, and out of your innermost being comes something that was just made, whatever it was you was asking for, totally possible in, in your eyes. Amen. And you believed it was going to happen, and all of a sudden it hit you, and you express it by the word of God, and you knew it, and then you come to yourself and say, what in the world did I just say? But somehow it was the same one who said, let there be light, took your lips and said, I'm going to be healed by his power. Now, we don't always need that every day of our life. And if we walked in that shadow of faith, in that coupling together of divine faith and God's faith together, then really there would be no overcoming faith. Don't you understand? It will not be his faith that when we walk before him at that day, and he will not reward us and give us a crown of life for all the times that his faith intervened when our faith couldn't. That's not the overcoming part. If he pushes you through a pile, and pulls you out on the other side and said, blessed are they that overcome and then rewards you for that. He's going to give you faith every day to get up, give you faith to do this because yours is so weak and then he's going to reward you. Come in, the child, you've done this and that. No, it's going to be by that everyday allotment, that increment of faith that every one of us have. The Bible calls it the measure of faith and sometimes that measure will not empower us to meet the challenge that we're dealing with. How many has ever been there? You know what I'm talking about tonight. And yet something you knew, you needed more. You needed more. Sometimes you think it's more the Holy Ghost. Sometimes some of you are thinking you need to be born again. You're thinking that you need more of the Holy Ghost. You know what that is? It's that rock. It's that rock and the devil's trying to give you a rock instead of that bread. He's trying to confuse you on the promise of God. He's trying to give you a fish instead of and hinder you from receiving rather a serpent instead of a fish that God wants you to have. But remember, you must keep believing and keep steady on the promise. Now, people would walk on the platform as blind as they could be, and then Brother Brandon would run into him later. Uh, you, can, you can listen to it as he talks about it. In 1951, he was in the Endicott Shoe uh, Company place that had a coliseum there in New York, and he said people was getting healed, and he had really long campaigns in those days, sometimes two and three weeks long, and people was coming up on the prayer line the first, the first part of the meeting and coming back within four, five, six, Six days, 10 days, two weeks, and the very same thing they had the week before, two weeks before, they had it back. And he said, the angel of the Lord met me this morning and told me to tell the people to c- confess their sins. What was it? So the power of the gift of God in the prophet's life was driving that evil spirit away from them, but once they got out from underneath that anointing. You see, you just don't want to be healed as long as you're around these preachers that's laying hands on you. You want to be able to have the kind of faith that when you're at home by yourself or you're on the job by yourself that you can stand right there and say, I ordered bread, I want bread. I ordered fish, I want fish. I didn't order this scorpion, I sure didn't order this snake, and if you don't get out of here, I'm going to take this rock and pound it on your head. Well, praise the Lord. 
Now, you know, it's a peculiar saying. I, I, I really hate it. It makes it really, really sad because you saw as well as I did some of the people that come through here, no doubt. They just heard us having a prayer line and they come and some of them will be healed. Sure, I believe they will with all my heart. But for many of them, if they're not taught these things, they will go back in and say, well, I, I, I felt better. I, I felt better. And then all of a sudden I got sick again. Now watch how he says dealing with a growth. Now when this growth is dead, it shrinks and the patient rejoices. Oh, how happy. In a few days, they find themselves worse off than they was in in the first place. Oh, well, they say, I guess I lost my healing. And just as sure as faith taking it away, unbelief resurrects it again. So what does a doctor deal with whenever he's dealing with, say, a tumor or a growth? I mean, know what it is? It starts from a cell that the prophet called that was backslid. And then whenever cancer gets inside of a cell and it releases the mechanism, I'm sure you know about it the way cancer does, it has that mechanism that's different from most of the rest of the cells of our body. And that is that it does not have this shutoff switch. Our cells has the shutoff switch to whether they will replicate, 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 then they stop. But the cancer cell, once it will hijack this cell in your body, then it changes this. I just read a report just this week where that some of the medical people from Spain and from Israel have broke into a new medication and where that they've actually had great success with it and they're trying it on different types of tumors and growths and things like that and they're attacking this particular key element inside the cell. So they inject this cell with this new type of medication and it goes in there and turns the switch off. So that's why the cancer absolutely explodes in a person's body because the cells don't kick off. They just keep dividing, 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 the tumor getting bigger, bigger, bigger. And yet it was not made to be that way. Now what does faith do in the promise of the word? So if someone has that, then what do we deal with? We're not dealing with the cells. We are not dealing with trying to get something to shrink the growth. What we're dealing with is the demon that is living inside of that person's body inside that growth. Now that demon spirit is there and it's hijacked basically that and then what do we do? We cast out devils in his name and we speak to that devil and the prophet said the devil is not deaf. He said he's not hard of hearing so you don't have to really scream at him but he said he does recognize authority and then God gives men of God the authority, believers of God and then we cast the devil out of that growth and what happens? So if that devil leaves, then that growth dies. So it lays inside the person's body. It's a lump of flesh. Say a tumor that big. Well, the demon goes out. When it goes out, then there's laying this lump of flesh inside of their body. They'll feel great. They'll feel wonderful. They'll say, oh, my praise be to God. God heal me. Well, then in 72 hours, that thing inside of them starts putrefying. And the body is trying to purify this thing and is trying to get rid of it. They'll get so sick. They'll feel like they are going to die. The white blood cells, the red blood cells. Why? You got this lump of dead flesh lay inside your body there and the body's trying to attack it and trying to get rid of it then that demon will try to hang around that individual because faith took the life out of that tumor and unbelief can resurrect it isn't that amazing that unbelief can resurrect that growth within a certain period of time before all this mass destruction all takes place then that devil will try to hang around that person and try to give them a stone instead of a piece of bread. 
And if they're not taught right in the word, then they will get so sick and they say, oh God, oh Lord, I feel like I'm dying. Oh Lord, have mercy. What in the world happened? Well, I had a bunch of holy rollers up there. I went up there and God prayed for and they told me I was well. It wasn't us that told you you was well. God was the one who said that. So what will unbelief do? It's waiting for you to doubt. It's waiting for you to question that you were healed. Why? So it can go right back inside of that growth. Faith takes it out. Unbelief will resurrect it. Notice the prophet said, see, your faith is not what you feel. Your faith is not what you feel. Your faith is what you believe. Well, you saw I went to the prayer line. I didn't feel anything. Does that mean I didn't get it? No, it didn't mean one thing. Your faith is what you believe, not what you feel. If you really believe it, I don't care how you feel. You never, never say, you never, never say you wasn't healed. You'd always believe it. Oh, and the saints said, notice this and what visions are. Faith is positive. There's nothing can move it. Listen to this. Nothing can move it. It's positive no matter how sick you got. Now, no matter what went forth, he said, you're trying to bluff it. You won't take bluffing. The devil, now listen to this. He's a bluff himself. And he knows how to run a bluff. So here's the king of bluffs. So you won't be able to bluff him. You might stomp your foot. You might quote quotes. You might quote scriptures. You might jerk. You might do whatever more. But if it ain't real faith there, he'll run your bluff. But if it's real faith, amen, you got the goods. But when you got the goods, it don't take loud hollering. Don't take stomping and screaming. It takes faith. He will recognize it. Oh, I love that. Isn't that powerful? That the devil has to recognize real faith. He don't look at your gender. He don't look and say, well, is this a man? Is this a woman? Is this a preacher? Uh, is this, how old is this person here? No, he don't look at that. What he has to obey is faith. My. He will recognize it. Don't worry. Just say the word. After you're prayed for, don't go out and say, well, I never felt a thing. Oh, he said, if you get that in you, if anything even says that to you, you know it's the devil. If anything, look, the Lord Jesus will never tell you that. The Lord Jesus will never say you never felt nothing. When you hear that, you just say, that's old blabbermouse. That's old blabbermouse and he's a liar and he's trying to give me a rock instead of a good piece of Holy Ghost crust. Amen. He's trying to give me an old serpent instead of a fish. He's trying to give me a, you know, something else instead of the promise of God, but I ain't taking it. I didn't ask for no snake. I don't want no snakes. I didn't ask for no stone. I don't want no stone. I didn't ask for a scorpion. I ain't taking no scorpion. Now, I'll tell you what. If you get a good piece of bread, and you get a little bit of an egg, and you crack it, and you got a fish, guess what you've got? A meal. You dip that fish down inside that egg and that batter and pull it out and fry it over an open fire or put it in a good hot skillet, and you know what you've got? You've got yourself a meal. But what have you got if you've got a rock 
and a scorpion and a snake. I'm out of here. Hey, you might love snakes. I don't like them. I don't care what size they are, what color they are. You see these people hugging these serpents. And they, I don't want nothing to do with them crazy things. People that want to make a pet out of a snake. I, I'm sorry. I just do not understand it. I, oh, you say they're not harmful as far as I'm concerned. They all can cause heart attacks. And you'll see them in the most scary places sometimes, will you not? Oh my, a couple of years ago, I was going to be gone somewhere in some meetings and uh, I asked Brother Jim Babb if he would come up and water my flowers and he said, sure, Brother Donnie, I'd be glad to do it. Well, I knew Brother Jimmy had had some run-ins with snakes before and I had some snakes down there, uh, rubber snakes, because the birds would come down and get in my stuff. So I thought, bless his heart, I'm going to get him. Uh, so I, I took a green one and I put it, you know, where the head would come up out of the flowers and here and there and there, well, you can imagine the rest of the story. But Brother Jimmy was like me and probably a lot of you. I don't care for him, okay? I've been over there in India and whenever I was there several years ago and I saw a man not as big as my brother here walk inside of there and there was vipers, there was cobras, there was, I mean, hundreds of them things. And him in there with a stick just picking them up and them standing up. I'm standing there with cold chills all up and down my body and there's glass in between me and them. And there he's standing inside of there. I don't like them. I'm going to ask the Lord one day, why did you make them varmints anyhow? Why in the world did you make them? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't want no snake taking the place of my blessing from God. I don't want no, no rock taking the place of my bread. Come on, children. I don't want no scorpion taking the place of a promise from Almighty God in my life. Praise the Lord. Notice this in speaking about Abraham. After a while, 25 years left, and the Bible said he got stronger and stronger. We say we're Abraham's seed. We're prayed for, and the next day, how you feeling? I guess I didn't get it. Don't feel any better. Abraham's seed. See what I mean? Listen to these words. Abraham's seed is scarce. Abraham's seed is scarce. Well, I'm kind of glad I'm fellowshipping with folks where it ain't a scarcity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad we, we kind of hang around Abraham's seed? It may be scarce out yonder, and I agree it is scarce, but I'm glad we fellowship with Abraham's seed. When Abraham's seed takes a hold of a promise of God, it's there to stay no matter what happens. There's nothing will never move them, and if it lingers, they get stronger. He kept giving God more praise all the time. So after day one, he praised him. After day two, year one, year five, year 20, year 21, year 23, year 24, on up to year 25, and instead of praising him less and less and less, which is many times what we do, and it's a good sign that you've traded off your bread for a hard rock attitude. Well, I'm getting hard, and I prayed and prayed, and God didn't hear me. I don't know what in the world's going on. Uh-oh, you've been playing in the rock pile. You've been getting rocks instead of the bread. You can't eat that thing. It'll break your teeth out. You better keep soft and, and soothing in the presence of God. Come on, saints. Oh, my. Notice that sometimes when people get sick after being prayed for, they think, well, that's, uh, no, I lost it. That's the sign you got it. <laughs> 
I see it makes no sense to the mind because the mind will say, well, no. I mean, if I was healed, then I'd instantly be healed and it would all be gone. That depends on whether it's divine healing or a miracle. If it was a miracle, yes, but in divine healing, it's a process. Well, praise the Lord. Now, let me read to you about the worst thing that God has to deal with when it comes to divine healing for his children. No matter how many symptoms appear, how many this, that, the other, hold to it. Stay there until the healing power has drawn all the disease from you. Praise God. Stay there until the healing power has drawn all the disease from you. Now, God may have a timer set on it to where he'll draw a little bit of the disease from you one day, and he may not draw on the next day. He may skip day two and day three, and then God will start drawing again. Why? Why, why would he do that, Brother Don? It's just his way of testing his children. Now, you see, he cannot test just a church member like that. He cannot test the untaught like that. But his bride is a breed that's special. She's unlike any of the rest that's on the earth. She's not just someone who carries around the Bible and goes to church on occasion. She's somebody that loves him with all of her heart, her soul, her mind, her strength. She believes him in spite of everything she faces and goes through. Now watch this. He says, you might be prayed for. Come here and see the powers of God and miracles of God and go back. And the first thing you know, well, then you feel bad the next day. You may be sick the next day. Something may happen the next day. Well, don't you know, when Jesus prayed for an epileptic boy, when he come to him, he had the hardest fit he ever had. The Lord Jesus when the Lord Jesus prayed for a boy, Brother John, and he had the hardest feet. You remember when Jesus prayed for the person that was blind? And whenever he prayed for him, and he took his hands off of him and he said, do you see? He said, I see men as trees. I see men as trees. Wow. You imagine the Lord Jesus. Now watch. He says he had the hardest fit he ever had. Your faith is not in symptoms. It's in God, believing God. Now, I know this is going to be difficult, especially if you're hurting and you're sick, but symptoms, they're lying vanities. I'll tell you one thing, when you've got a really bad pain, it's hard to convince you that that's a lie. Because a lie means it's not a truce, Right? It means that it's not, it's not that it's, it's absolutely not true. It is not based upon truth. It is a lie. But how many has had some real painful symptoms? Uh, what's, oh, the rest of you, my, y'all ain't had none. My. Symptoms, they're lying vanities. Don't receive them. Don't have nothing to do with them. If you look to them, you're looking away from God. Now, what is this, friends? This is the stone instead of the bread. This is the serpent instead of the fish. This is the scorpion instead of the egg. But how can you not look at something when it's hurting you so bad? How can you not acknowledge something when it's hurting you or it's disrupting your life? How can you not do it? By faith, you can. My, my. 
We look at the unseen, not at what we see. Now here's where I got my thought. What if someone came in the morning to your door, express agent, and throwed a whole basket full of rattlesnakes and had your name on them and said, here they are. They're yours. So this evening, I saw the FedEx truck back into my driveway. Now I'd ordered some lights, so I, I was tracking them, and ordered them from Amazon, and I knew that they was going to be coming. And I knew they were coming by FedEx, I had the tracking number and all that. So I watched him back up, raise up the door, and bring a package, but when I went to the door after he left to get that package, there was another package sitting there with it. And I looked on that package, but it did not have my name. It had Carol's name. So I didn't know, but Carol had ordered uh, something, sent something or another for the house. And I, I took it in and laid it on the, on the bar there, and I said, you must have ordered something. I said, because it, it's on your name. She said, no, I didn't order anything. I said, well, it's got your name on it. She said, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did order that. Now, can you imagine in the morning, a truck from hell backs up to your house. Grabs a hole to the door. And comes knocking on your door. Your house. And you either look through your little Camry you know, you got these little ring things and all that sort of thing. Or you can see him sitting there and he rings the doorbell and rings the doorbell. Now, he's got special instructions not to leave this package without it being signed for. Now, you're probably like me. You ain't got time to sign for all them packages. So I go to FedEx.com and I sign the release. And I give them permission to be able to release a package. I went to UPS, signed a release for them. And they got pretty smart now. You know what they do? They drop it by your door or wherever and they take a picture of it and then they send it to you. So you pretty well know you got it. But the devil don't work quite that way. He likes to deal one-on-one. -on -one. So you go to the door and he says, we've got this box for you. Is your name Donnie Reagan? Your address so-and-so? Yep, that's me. This is for you. So he hands over that package and I take it. It's and I see some holes on the side of that box, you know, kind of like this, here and there and there, and I'm thinking, sir, who, who, where, where is this from? Uh, oh yeah, right here it is, shipped from Satan himself. And I'm thinking, what? I didn't order this. Well, it must be for you. You are Donnie Reagan, right? This is your address? Well, well yeah, that is, that is who I am. That is my address. Well, there's no mistake, sir. I come straight from the regions of the lost. And this package is definitely yours. 
well, it looks like it's mine. It's got my name on it. It's got my address. It's got my zip code. Should I sign for it? Y'all tell me, what should I do? Really? Now you're telling me not to sign for mine. But do you sign for yours? Now you're not telling me to do something that you don't do. You're not that type of people, are you? That don't do what I do, just do what I say there. But now, according to the address label, it's for me. Notice. Brother Ram says, and it had your name on them, and say, here you are, they're yours. And you know, you know they're there. Just like you know your symptoms is there. Now notice what a perfect balance. That is not saying, oh, it's mind over matter. No, it's fine, it's not even there. Yes, it's there. It is there. If you receive them, they're yours. But Brother Donnie, what if they keep recurring, reoccurring? He's still trying to deliver the package, Brother Larry. Which means you have not received them as your own, or he would quit aggravating you and ringing the doorbell. But why is he doing that? Because the strong man of faith in the house says, don't go to that door. Amen. Don't you open that door, because if you do, it will weaken your faith. You stand right there on my promise. Hallelujah. Stand right there on my promise. I will give you my strengths. If you receive them, they're yours, but you don't have to take them. You can say, I don't want them. Say your names on them, say, I don't want them. I won't have them. He can stand there and argue as much as he wants to, but until you take them and sign for them. Oh, you mean, Brother Donnie, even when they're in my body, it don't mean they're mine. No, they're trespassing. Don't you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to take up residence, but they cannot take up permanent residence if you will not sign for them. You treat them as a trespasser. Don't treat them as a guest. Don't treat them like they are at home but you treat them what they are lying vanities they are an enemy amen he can stand there and argue as much as he wants to but until you take them and sign for them listen they belong to the express company until you sign for them. Don't sign for nothing the devil brings. You say, there it is, though I, I refuse to have it. That's right, take it back. Have nothing to do with it. If you won't testify that you've got it, when you testify, you still have your sickness. Can you imagine? Some people testify of healing. Others testify of symptoms. And it's not to just keep going over and over and over their problem. Well, sure, you, you need to realize you've got a problem. You need to realize you've got issues, but you need to focus more on the answer. You need to focus on the deliverance. You need to focus on what is God is going to do to eliminate that. You've got to let go of the problem. You've got to commit it 
it into God's hands, but it's so hard for us to do. When you testify, you still have your sickness. The devil keeps it with you, but refuse to testify of it. Say, I won't have it. No, sir. <laughs> Don't be discouraged and do not believe symptoms. Symptoms, that, that's the devil's lie. Now, some of you ladies tomorrow, if you had an express agent, would come down to your house and say, how do you do? You miss John Doe? Yes. Well, I have something for you. And you looked at it, and it'd be a great big box full of rattlesnakes. Well, that was a present. Well, there's your name tacked on them. They're yours, are they? In one sense, they're yours. In another sense, they're not. In one sense, they're yours. But in the sixth sense, they're not. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Now you say, I don't want them. Well, they're yours. Your name's on them. Well, that one way, it's yours. But still, it isn't yours till you sign for it. And if you don't sign for it, he'll have to take it back. Amen. You did not sign that for FedEx and UPS. You can leave at my door without a signature. God set it up. Hallelujah. God set it up or the devil can't leave a package at your house without you signing for it. Glory to God. What if I have to sign for it? Why in the world would I sign for a box of rattlesnakes? Why in the world would you sign for a box of copperheads? You might see all your symptoms and the devil says, sure it is. Here's your cancer. Here's your heart trouble. Here's your. Notice how Brother Branham is framing this now. The devil is taking these things and identifying them as yours. Here's your cancer, your heart trouble, your crippled condition. I said, Brother, what if I do if, I, if, if these things are in my body? First of all, don't claim them as yours. Well, my blood pressure and my cancer and my this, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't claim that devil is yours. What you want to claim is healing, health, deliverance, peace of mind, joy. Hallelujah. That's yours. My peace, my joy, my Holy Ghost, my deliverance, not my cancer, not my TB. He took and bore them so I could be healed. Why would I want to claim them as mine? Brother Tracy used to say, honey, you can't give Jesus sugar. Refuse to sign for anything the devil brings. Friends, I'm not sure we believe this right. Refuse to sign for anything the devil brings. He will have to take it back. Say, I refuse to have it. I just won't have it? No, sir. He will have to take it back in the name of the Lord. You believe it and confess it and say, I accept Jesus Christ as my healer. There's no affliction or no disease can stay on you. Amen. Don't we believe this or we don't? Yes. There is no affliction or no disease. Good Lord. But the first time you get weak and say, well, yes, I've got it. I've still got it. Then you drop right down there where you was at. You signed for it. You took it back. Yes, Mr. Devil, I have it back. Oh, brother, 
You stand there as long as there's breath in your body and say, I refuse to have it. I refuse to have it. How are you feeling? Wonderful. Hallelujah. That's it. Show the devil what you're made of. Amen. Well, don't sign for nothing the devil brought. No, sir. Just refuse. Say, no, sir. I just haven't got it, devil. You take it all back. That's all. I won't have it. Refuse to have your sickness, your arthritis. Whatever it is, I just haven't got it. <laughs> By the stripes, I'm healed. Stand right on your ground. Confess it. Believe it. Stay there. God will bring it to pass. Everybody is always looking at their symptoms and the pastor will pray for them. They'll go over and say, well, I don't seem to be any better. Well, that's not healing. Symptoms is the worst thing. That's one of the greatest scarecrows the devil's got. Symptoms don't have nothing to do with it. It's because God said so. So I've been seeing a few folks around planting their gardens. They got tomatoes, their tabers, their taters, their cabbage. And I've been seeing some of them already with some scarecrows out there. <laughs> well, scarecrows should scare crows. Right. I don't know why a scarecrow scares eagles. <laughs> but we allow this scarecrow to scare us. Come on, church. Faith sees what God says. Faith don't see any symptoms at all. We need more faith. Faith refuses to see symptoms. You say, well, Brother Branham, if they are there, shouldn't we say they're there? No, no. Sir. <laughs> well, that ain't what my doctor says. Well, are you going to believe God's prophet or your doctor? Some of you got more confidence in your doctor than you got in the Word of God. Well, thank you, Jesus. Let me hurry. Confess is to say the same thing. Say the same thing he said. Say what he said. Don't say what your feelings say. Don't say. <laughs> Can't you see why he said God is calling for every seed of Abraham to separate themselves from see, taste, feel, smell, hear, imagination, conscience, memory, reason, affection. It's you separating from you. When you will deny anything your flesh and your spirit says that's contrary to your soul. You won't even say what your feelings say. Well, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I got it. I don't. You're saying what your feelings are saying. Come on. Well, maybe I should preach this again Sunday morning. Don't say what your feelings say. Are we guilty? Don't say what your neighbor says. Say what God said. Confess it and believe it. Don't look at your symptoms. Symptoms is the worst thing the enemy, God has to fight against. Can you imagine all the evil? And symptoms is the worst thing God has to fight against. 
everybody says, well, I was prayed for, but my hands no better. It'll never be like that. Never will. You're looking at your hand. Don't look at your hand. Look at what God said. So a person's got a twisted arm, a twisted hand. They come through the prayer line and Monday morning, their hand's still twisted. How are they not going to look at that hand? By the eyes of faith, they look at that hand and say, you might as well get ready. You're fixing to start doing something. Or you look at the signal, well, I guess I didn't get it. Well, I'll be this way the rest of my life. And they probably will. Oh, my goodness. You don't never go by your feelings. Jesus never did say, did you feel it? He said, did you believe it? You see when we get the thing all turned around? It's your faith in the promise. Here's talking about a farmer that would plant a big crop of seed. As long as he keeps digging up the seed, it'll never grow. Every time you dig it up, it delays it another day. Oh my goodness. So sometimes the delay is not so much that it's the will of God, it's that we plant it and we go out the first thing in the morning and we get out our matic. Oh, it looks just like it did yesterday. Well, of course it will, you knucklehead. You gotta leave it in the ground, let it sprout. A watch pot never boils, you know that. A watch seed never bursts forth into life. You gotta commit it. It's so hard for us to do. Every time you look at your symptoms, it delays you too in your healing. The farmer just commits the seed to the ground. He gets the best seed he can find. He puts it in the ground because he's made a decision. <laughs> Amen. He wants a crop. Have you made your decision? I want to be well. I've made my decision by the grace of God. I want deliverance for this and that and the other. Well, you got the best seed you can find. That's God's promised word of the hour. So you commit it there. You anoint it with praise every day. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making me well. Amen. By stripes, I'm healed. And you leave it there. Notice this. Six sense denies all symptoms. All symptoms, anything contrary to God's word, any feeling, emotion. Somebody say, oh, well, I was prayed for, but I just don't feel any better. Sixth sense would never stand still for that. Sixth sense would say, <laughs> it's a lie. I feel better. Isn't that strange? So the sixth sense, a person look at it and say, well, uh, I don't feel no better. But faith will say, that's a lie. I do feel better. And you're saying, okay. I feel better. I feel better. I feel better. You see how crazy God's ways is compared to ours? I feel better. I'm getting well. God said so. That settles it. God said so. The sixth sense feeds only on the word of God. Every time that you look at your symptoms and testify about them, complain about them. God can never heal you. 
You commit it to God and believe His Word and He'll bring it to pass. Whether it's sprouting, whether it's doing, you don't care. God promised it and potentially you have your healing when you accept it. It's in seed form. Praise God. Let me encourage those hundreds and hundreds of you that come through this prayer line. Whether you felt nothing, that don't matter at all. And when you was prayed for, you accept your healing by faith. You got your healing in seed form. You obeyed the word of God. Men of God prayed for you. They prayed the prayer of faith. Claim your healing in seed form. Let me hurry. If the blessings placed on you hold still, sometimes it's days before it can get to you. Now we prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people here Sunday and hundreds and hundreds more was praying on the internet. There was churches streaming, there was pastors streaming, there was people all over everywhere streaming and believing. So no doubt there's got to be a lot of deliveries. And it ain't going to be that hail truck. It's going to be heaven express. Daniel prayed one time and the angel didn't get to him for 21 days. Is that right? I've seen the time when women and men would wait for weeks. And the first thing you know, all at once it happened. The angel passing through the neighborhood. Glory to God. The angel passing through the neighborhood. He knows where it's at. So the angels of God have got your address. They've got your house number, your cell phone. They've got, you know, all this sort of thing as we'd say so you'll understand it. They know exactly where you live. They ain't forgot you. But it might take them a little bit of time to get there. Are you going to wait? Are you going to trust? I got a little notification this morning from Amazon and they said your delivery is 10 stops away from being at your house. And it should arrive between such and such a time and such and such a time. I thought, isn't that really something how, how man has done all that? You know, years ago, we never even thought such a thing would be real. Before long, Amazon will be flying little bitty drones over at our house and dropping little old packages of this and that and the other. Well, if Amazon can do that, oh, what about the Holy Ghost? Don't you understand what God's doing for some of you here tonight? God's giving you a little notification on your Holy Ghost app. And he's letting you know, it may not come today, it may not come tomorrow, but your delivery, oh, hallelujah, your delivery is on its way. You're only 10 days away from a complete deliverance. You're only five days away from a miracle, but keep believing. Oh, hallelujah. The angel passing through the neighborhood and he knows where it's at. Whatsoever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Let me close. 
So a woman with an ulcer attends the prophet's service. Another woman with a gross. A few days after that, she was standing washing the dishes. The children had went to school and her husband had went to work. She was washing the dishes at the window and said, just like a cool feeling passed over her. Somehow or another she went on, never noticed it, just maybe like a little shiver or something, you know. She just went on washing dishes and she said, a few moments she got real hungry, so hungry she couldn't hardly stand it. Oats always made her sick, you know. What oats do to an ulcer. She got a couple of spoonfuls of oats out of one of the children's plates and swallowed it. And she thought, I know, I'll vomit it. Isn't that amazing? Even in her humanity, it's keep reoccurring. I, I know I'll vomit it. <laughs> what was the difference? The angel <laughs> visited her house. <laughs> Maybe in a minute, for she always did, come right back up. She went down and eat this and she started. It never bothered, never burned. She went back and finished up the plate. First thing you know, she's standing around a few minutes. Nothing happened. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Her believing was over then. She didn't have to believe then. It was already done. <laughs> Her believing was over. Her believing was done. The victory had started happening in her body. She had arrived. Her believing was manifested. See, the prophet said, you just believe until it's done. Then you know what actress she's seen? She waited about a half an hour, nothing happened. She was hungry again. She fried her up. A couple of serpents. Ah, scorpions? Stones? Now the difference between this woman is apparently she liked eggs. She fried her up a couple of eggs, got her some toast, made her a cup of coffee. That sounds like a real breakfast some of y'all doing. And she had a gastronomical jubilee. Oh, glory. Amen. That's what we're waiting for, Brother Larry. Some of y'all are waiting for a return daughter jubilee, a return son jubilee, a return healing jubilee, a return whatever it is that you're asking God for. Hallelujah! Then your faith will end because your faith brought it to its consummation. She had a gastronomical jubilee. She just had her a good time. She waited up to about 10 o'clock and she was fine and dandy. Getting hungry again. Boy, I mean, she, <laughs> getting hungry again. She was so happy and she said, I'm gonna run down and tell her neighbor. She got over. <laughs> 
almost to the house. She heard somebody screaming down there at the top of their voice. She ran to the door and jerked open the door. Here was this woman with a sheet in her hand, shaking the sheet up and down. Hallelujah. Said, what's the matter? The woman had the lump on her neck. She said, you know what? Said, this morning I got up and the lump's gone. I've searched all through the bed. I shook the sheets and everywhere. I can't find it anywhere. They come about 500 miles to testify of that. Oh, glory. What was it? The angel of the Lord passed through the neighborhood that morning. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. I'll tell you, friend, you have to keep believing. He may not make it to your neighborhood tomorrow, Brother Larry. He might not show up till next Monday, but what he wants to find is you still believing. Oh, glory to God, Brother Skip, if he don't come for a month down the road, but when he comes to your neighborhood, he's gonna find a son of God, a daughter of God. I'm still believing. The symptoms are worse. My daughter is worse, but I'm still believing. Believing. And the angel of the Lord says, here, this is for you. Here is your bread. Here is your fish. Here is your egg. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Sometimes God can't answer just at that moment. <laughs> See? Daniel had to wait and he prayed for 21 days. But when God says anything, stay with his word. And you stay with it too. I don't know what day I don't know what week. But I'm waiting for the angel of the Lord to pass through my neighborhood. Where you turn off a powder branch, then onto Max Jet Road, then a right into Ridgefield. Since you passed Alicia's house first on the right, he might want to stop there first. Then he might go ahead and jump across the road and stop at Sister Sam's house, make a visit to her. Then go on up to Erica's house. Stop at the Lunsford's house on the right. Praise God. I don't care if I'm the last one on a stop. I'm only five stops away from being delivered. I've been dealing with plantar fasciitis in my feet for about two and a half months. Days I can't even hardly walk. Can't even hardly stand up. Sunday mornings I've come out here to preach. I didn't think there was any way I was even going to be able to step. But I'm waiting for the heavenly truck. The brothers didn't know what they were praying for me for there on Sunday. They wanted to pray for me, so I just made my request known. 
I've turned my prayer request in now, and it's going to be on the delivery truck. I'm expecting it. I'm believing. Praise God. I mean, he's believing. Oh, praise God. Praise God. We don't want no snakes. We ain't signing for them. We ain't accepting them. We're telling the devil, don't you leave your junk at my front door. Don't you leave your stones. Don't you leave your serpents. Don't you leave your trash at my door. My door is there for heavenly visitations. Praise God. I want healing. I want peace. I want joy. I want revelation. I want deliverance for my sheep. I want peace for my sheep. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we ask. We're asking for bread, fish, and eggs. Well, apparently Jesus has spiritual bread, spiritual fish, and some spiritual eggs. He would never use that in the assembly if there wasn't a reason for it. Well, I accept none of the rest of it then, are you? I'm a child of God. I've got a right to everything that heaven offers with my name on it. Praise God. Let's pray together. Hallelujah. Lord, I know this has been a very simple thought. But looking at it, I realized it was a perfect way to follow up the service on Sunday. Not only for ours here, but maybe for others that were battling because it didn't come this way or that way. But help them, Lord, to still expect their package to be delivered. Praise the Lord. We know sometimes, Lord, when we order things that we may get a notification, this item was shipped, but this one didn't come. You'll get it two or three days apart. And that's sometimes the way you choose to do. You'll drop a little miracle here and it'll just encourage us along the way. The prophet called it hands fulls on purpose that was being dropped to little Ruth. He told them angels to drop a little bit of supernatural every now and then so the road wouldn't be so hard for her. Oh, we love you when you do that. Lord, we're claiming our rights. We're claiming our inheritance. Father, it's ours. Our plans are not like the plans of man that can be spoiled by this or that or the other. But our plans are so coordinated with your own. We want what you want. And therefore, they cannot be stopped. Help us, Lord. You love him, saints, with all your heart. Many of you have heard out at Boone's Creek that they have great plans to build what they call the promenade on 70 acres of land. Prime spot. One of the reasons why they did the, redid the Boone's Creek exit. But just last week, the owner of this property said these great plans had to come to a halt. Now they done had several signature stores that were signed in, different ones that was coming and making plans to come into Johnson City. You poor sisters are going to be so sad after this announcement tonight. But the man said... There was one individual, their property was between them 
and the highway. And they couldn't get a right away to be able to carry out their multi-million dollar plans. So the whole thing is put on hold. Well, let me tell you tonight, there ain't nobody between Jesus' plans and your life. The devil, no demons, no symptoms, nothing else. You have got a clear right away to anything that he purchased. And he give you a whole book full of checks with his name at the bottom of it. That bluff, that liar will try to stand between you and I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Say, out of my way, devil. I've got a direct route to the past. I have got, there ain't nothing going to stop me. My promenade is being built. Amen. I don't have to cancel my reservation for heaven. I don't have to cancel my reservation for health. I don't have to cancel my reservation for peace. I've got a direct route. And as I told to you last Wednesday night, if the devil tells you you're going to die instead of planning a funeral, plan yourself a vacation. Amen. Just throw it right back in the devil's face and say, you are a liar, sir. Take all your rattlesnakes, all your rocks, all your scorpions and everything else right back to hell. I'm a born again, Holy Ghost filled child of God and you ain't stopping me. Praise the Lord. Sing something. Oh, don't you love him? Praise God. Amen. How many feels like there's victory in the camp tonight? Not by feeling, but by faith. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I Brother Darrell here to sing this song, but since he ain't here, y'all help me sing this. Whose report will you believe? Amen. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. His report says I am sealed. His report says I am free. His report says victory.
report says I am sealed. His report says I am free. His report says victory. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you tonight father thank you lord god we worship you lord how great you are father bless your name lord jesus brother john will you come and dismiss this very prayer hallelujah you love him with all your heart ain't it been good to be in the house of the lord thank you lord i was sitting back there thinking about jonah 2 8 he says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. They forsake their own mercy. Amen. But we ain't taking those serpents. We ain't taking that bread. Amen. We're not, we're not forsaking our mercy. We're embracing our mercy. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus. How great thou art, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, what an encouragement it is, Lord. I saw that too in the, on some of the people's faces coming through. Didn't, they didn't feel like they got that supercharged, Lord. Oh, but Father God, it doesn't mean that you forgot about them. It just means that you're, you're planning a trip through their neighborhood, Lord. Oh, Father God, how we're, we're, we're still expecting, Lord Jesus. How we're still believing, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, how great you are. You, you never fail, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, your, your prophet said that Jonah had the worst symptoms that anybody could have. Oh, but... Jonah refused to look at the symptoms. He turned his head right back to where the, the city was, just what he was told to do and, and keep pressing on. Oh God, how we thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Oh, we turn again to your holy city. We turn again, Lord Jesus, and look to your promise, Lord Jesus. And we keep believing. We're, we're still expecting Father God. Oh, God, we pray that you just be with the people, Lord. 
Oh, let it settle in their heart, Lord Jesus. We praise you so much, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, that praise is part of the process, Father. And we don't want to stop praising you either, Father. We just love you. We thank you, Lord. Be with my brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, wants Jesus to remember your address, your neighborhood. He'll come through, Brother Keith. He'll visit you. Sister Linda, he ain't forgot you. He sees that comfort, that comfort you need in your heart. Your sisters, your brothers, lost companions, he ain't forgot about you. He's going to come home, just visit you. He may visit you in a different way than he'll visit the rest of us. But he knows exactly what package to bring you. Cast all your cares on him. For he cares for you. God bless you. Go in the fear of God. I love you saints. It's already done. Hallelujah. It's already done. Praise his name. The battle is over, the victory is won, it's already done, it's already done, it's already done, how praise His name, the It's all.